Turn with me, if you will, to Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 23. One of my favorite times is preparing for vacation. Uh, I like to uh, talk about are we gonna, where we're going to go, what, we're, what are we going to do. Uh, we usually set some money aside and, and some time aside and uh, choose the route that we're going to go. Uh, and then we go have fun for about a week or so. Uh, and we come back. But vacation's a fun thing, isn't it? We prepare for vacation. You prepare for other things in your life. You prepare for your work. You prepare uh, for uh, time with your family. You're probably prepared for Thanksgiving. Some of you probably went out and bought some food uh, and uh, made some plans this weekend for the Thanksgiving celebration you're going to have. The most important thing that we can ever plan for is eternity. And each and every one of us needs to uh, make those plans, uh, make sure that we're where we need to be with Jesus Christ, uh, that we have repented and put our trust in him. Uh, we need to plan in, in the sense of what we're going to do for Christ, what he wants us to do for him, while we live here in this world. Uh, we are uh, chosen by God to fulfill his purposes. And he, he has every day of our lives written in his book. And so um, here Moses is telling the Israelites about their scheduled feasts. And we talked about the spring feast last week. That represents the first coming of Christ. Now we're going to talk about the fall feasts. And the fall feasts represent the second coming of Christ and, and the uh, events of the end time, the rapture and the, the tribulation and the second coming and millennium. And that that's, um, season of time in God's plan. Uh, and so uh, Moses is describing, first of all, the Feast of Trumpets. And that's a picture of when Jesus uh, comes to rapture his church. Uh, the Bible says a trumpet will sound and God will grab his trumpet. And, and there's two places in Scripture where God blows his trumpet. The first was at Sinai and the second uh, is at the rapture of the church. Second Thessalonians says he will blow the trumpet and Jesus will come uh, and gather all of those who, who know Jesus Christ up to heaven uh, to be with Christ. Uh, then a season of tribulation will take place. Uh, trumpets in Israel's history were used to announce someone's coming. Uh, they were used as a, a coronation for a king. They were also used to call people to battle. Uh, so the king will come when the trumpet sounds, uh, but there will also be a time of tribulation that begins at Jesus' uh, rapturing of the church, and God will begin to pour out his judgment upon the world uh, with the purpose of bringing people to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, at the end of that seven-year period of tribulation, Jesus will come back, the battles of Armageddon will be taking place. Jesus will come back. And by his very brightness, his enemies will be slain. Uh, and the Bible says that the Israelites will look upon him whom they have pierced at that moment, and they will mourn because of him. They will repent of their sin, and they will put their trust in Jesus. And the whole nation of Israel will come to faith in Jesus Christ at that moment. That is represented by the Day of Atonement here in this scripture. The day when Israelites afflict themselves and repent and put their trust 
in their Messiah. Then the scripture tells us that Jesus will set up his kingdom on this earth. Uh, and this is represented by the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Ingathering. All the Israelites from all over the world will be gathered to Palestine uh, along with those who are Gentiles who put their faith in Christ will come and celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. The scripture predicts that. And it will be a time of great joy and celebration because the, the, the Feast of the Tabernacles was celebrated historically to celebrate what God had done in bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. But it will be celebrated then to celebrate what God has done in bringing the Israelites out of this time of, of persecution and difficulty into the time of their eternal blessing with the Lord. And so uh, we, it will be a time of joy unlike any other. Isaiah describes it as a time where the lion will lay down with the lamb and children will play at viper's pits without being harmed. Uh, creation itself will be turned back uh, the way it was in the Garden of Eden. And there won't be any more curse. And so uh, the scripture describes this great time of joy. And, and this, this time of God's working in the future is predicted here just as Jesus' first coming is predicted in the verses that we find here in Leviticus in the calendar of uh, Israel's feast. Now, not everything that is said about these feasts is included here, but what we have is the calendar of events. And we saw uh, last week how those events of Jesus' first coming were fulfilled exactly the way uh, they were supposed to be fulfilled, and it will be the same with Jesus' second coming. It will be fulfilled. Uh, God's schedule, the rapture of the church, the repentance of Israel at the second coming, and the time of millennium and ultimately the eternal state as a time of great joy for God's people. Um, we need to prepare for Jesus' coming. Uh, the title of my message is Preparing for Jesus' Coming. And we're going to talk about how we repair in just, just a second. But look with me, if you will, at verse 23. Of Leviticus 23. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest, commemoration, and joyful shouting, a sacred assembly. You must not do any work, but you must present a fire offering to the Lord. The Lord again spoke to Moses, The tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly and practice self-denial. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord. On this particular day, you are not to do any work, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for yourselves before the Lord your God. If any person does not practice self-denial on this particular day, he must be cut off from his people. I will destroy among his people anyone who does any work on this selfsame day. You are not to do any work. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations wherever you live. It will be a Sabbath, a complete rest for you, and you must practice self-denial. You are to observe your Sabbath from the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, the, fe the festival of booths to the Lord begins on the 15th day of this seventh month and continues for seven days. There is to be a sacred assembly on the first day. You are not to do any work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. 
On the eighth day, you are to hold a sacred assembly and present a fire offering to the Lord. It is a solemn gathering. You are not to do any daily work. And then he goes on in 37 and 38 and tells them it's in addition to all the other things they already do. Uh, but this, these are special celebrated days. And then verse 39 says, You are to celebrate the Lord's festival on the 15th day of the month for seven days after you've gathered the produce of the land. There will be a complete rest on the first day and complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you're to take the product of majestic trees, palm fronds, uh, boughs of leafy trees, and the willows of the brook, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord seven days each year. This is a permanent statute for you throughout your generations. You must celebrate it in the seventh month. You are to live in booths for seven days. All the native-born of Israel must live in booths, so that your generations may know that I made the Israelites live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh, your God. So Moses declared the Lord's appointed time to the Israelites. All right. Um, Preparing for Jesus' coming. How do we prepare for Jesus' coming? Well, first of all, we prepare through repentance. We need to repent. That's how we prepare. Now, on the day of trumpets, or uh, my translation actually says the day of shouting, but it's actually every other translation I've ever seen says the day of trumpets, and it could be translated either way, but the Israelites have always celebrated it as a time of blowing trumpets, and that's called the Feast of Trumpets for that reason. Uh, But the Feast of Trumpets was a time of the the harvest is over. We're going to celebrate this harvest of, of wheat uh, before God, we're going to remember what God has done in the past, all the good things God has done. But it was also a time of repentance, and they would take very seriously a time of searching their hearts before God and repenting of any known sin. Now, uh, this is a very good thing to do in light of the fact that when the trumpet sounds for Jesus to come, those who, re- who have repented and put their trust in Jesus will be ready for that trumpet. Uh, And they'll be called up to meet Jesus in the air in that moment. Um, The trumpet will sound. Uh, In light of the fact that the trumpet will sound, where are you with Jesus Christ today? Are you walking with Christ as a believer? Are you laying up treasures in heaven where moth doesn't uh, corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal? Uh, are, Are you taking the time to serve Christ? Are you putting him first in your life so that you can lay up treasure in heaven? Uh, Unbeliever, if you don't know Christ, have you repented of your sin and put your trust in Christ? If not, you need to do that. You need to choose to repent of your sin. What is repentance? Repentance is a choice to turn from my sin and my old way of living to turn to Jesus to follow him. It's a choice of faith that I make. I'm not going to live life the way I've always lived it. I'm going to choose to do things Christ's way and to follow him. It's a step of faith that we take. So uh, the Israelites would repent uh, at this time every single year, and they would thank God for the good things that he's done. The New Testament tells us that when the trumpet sounds, the, the God's people will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and the Bible says that there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb. I kind of wonder if it's going to be a time of remembrance, if, if there's going to be time of, of sharing how you came to Christ or what God did and how God answered prayer and time of great rejoicing. But it will be a time 
of remembering the good things that God has done. It will be a time of rejoicing with the Lord. Are you ready for that time? If not, uh, you need to give your heart uh, to faith in Christ. Uh, in, in the scripture, the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Now, the tax collectors uh, would take up the normal tax for the Romans, but then they could add whatever they wanted to on top of that. And most of them padded their pockets, and rather than just their wage, they would add additional money, and the Romans would look the other way. Uh, and so Zacchaeus began to uh, talk to Christ. He became convicted of his sin, and he said, Look, I'll give back four times what I've stolen because I want to do the right thing, and I want to put my trust in you and follow you, Jesus. And so he did that, and Jesus said that uh, he'd been forgiven. He had put his trust in Jesus. He'd repented of his sin. We need to do the same thing. Make that choice to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus. So preparing for Jesus, how do you repair? Prepare, you repent. Secondly, you trust. You trust. Now, uh, during the time of the Day of Atonement, he says in verse 27, they're to practice self-denial, uh, to present a fire offering to the Lord. Now, if you'll notice, there are offerings with every single feast because the entire plan of God comes about for one reason and one reason only, and that is that Jesus died on a cross for your sin and for mine. Three days later, he rose again. That's the gospel. Jesus paid the price for me to have a relationship with God. Were it not for what Jesus was going to do, there would be no answer for you and for me. There would be no redemption. There would be no salvation. There would be no future redemption or salvation for Israel. It's all because of what Jesus did on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so I don't trust in my own work. I trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This was a day of atonement, a day of, of one, one person said atonement. In the Old Testament, the word means to cover. Uh, they would offer these sacrifices in the Old Testament as a picture of covering the sin. But only Jesus can take away the sin. Jesus came to take away sin. And that day of atonement looks forward to that time when Israel will finally, as a whole nation, recognize Jesus as their Messiah, and they'll put their trust in him. And the blood of Jesus Christ will be placed upon every Jewish person putting their trust in Jesus. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus is for the sin of the whole world. It's for your sin and for my sin. And as we put our trust in what Jesus has done for our forgiveness... God wipes clean our hearts. He, he, he makes us, he says, come, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. Though it be red like crimson, it shall be as wool. Jesus takes the divine detergent and cleans our hearts through Christ's blood that he shed on Calvary when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. Are you putting your trust in your bank account? Are you putting your trust in your workplace? Are you putting your trust in the government? I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things you can trust in this world, but there's no better thing that you can trust than Jesus Christ. He'll change your heart. He'll forgive your sin. He'll give you a home in heaven. Uh, he will uh, make a new hope for you in your life through the hope of salvation that is yet to come. 
The great thing is, Jesus not only saves us the moment we're saved, he forgives our sin and, and, and makes us his child, but he continues to save us. Everything that we uh, do in this walk, it, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, uh, we fail, we sin from time to time, and, and the blood of Jesus cleanses all of that too. He continues to, his cleansing work, and then one day he's going to save us in the future when he comes back and he redeems us. We get a new body that will have no sin nature. Uh, and, and that sin nature will be done away with forever through the work of Christ. And Jesus will bring that about when he comes back. We have a hope. Uh, I trust in Jesus. I trust in Jesus. He saved my soul. I trust in Jesus. He has answered my prayers. He has walked with me. He's been faithful. Uh, I trust in Jesus because he's never failed to keep his promise. There's one day when he's going to come and all of those promises will come to pass in fullness. What a great thing. Uh, are you trusting in Jesus? Make that choice today. Trust in Jesus, Christian, in your day-to-day -day life. Trust that he's with you. Trust that he cares. Trust that he has your hairs numbered and your days written in his book. Trust that he walks with you and guides you and helps you in your daily life. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Trust in Jesus. Unsaved person. You don't know Christ, trust in Jesus by choosing to repent of your sin and receive that gift of salvation that he's given to you. Trust in him. Uh, it, it is always beneficial to trust in Jesus Christ. They, they practiced self-denial. They repented of their sin and they offered this uh, sacrifice. This was the day the priest went into the Holy of Holies. Only one time a year it happened. And he would offer a sacrifice for the sins of all of the people. It was a picture of what Jesus did when he died. He went into heaven itself to the Holy of Holies to present himself and say, Lord, here's my blood for the forgiveness of all mankind who put their trust in me. Uh, this is what Jesus has done for you. Receive it by faith and you'll be prepared for his coming. How do you prepare for Jesus coming? Repent. Trust, and thirdly, rejoice. Rejoice. The most prominent feast of the year was the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering. Uh, the work, for, for the most part, was done for the year, and they could just meet together, and they could celebrate and just have a great time. They would eat fruit and uh, that they'd saved up, and uh, they would do all of these things to celebrate and have joy with family and friends, kind of like the holiday season for us. Uh, but it was the one command that God repeats over and over again about this holiday is you've got to celebrate it with joy. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is here. You ever remember that song? Get all excited. You know, that's kind of the idea. Uh, celebrate with joy. Be excited. I've got a friend in Texas who... Uh, whenever I call him, I say, how you doing, Bill? And he says, this is the best day I've ever lived. And uh, he's just, he just full of joy. Uh, and, you know, I think that's the way the Christian life ought to be. God says the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Uh, we ought to have joy in our life. And when Christ comes in, he forgives your sin, and he comes to dwell within your heart. That ought to be a, a source of joy for you. Uh, you ought to have joy when you think about the fact that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. It doesn't matter what the gas prices are. It doesn't matter what inflation's doing. It doesn't matter 
uh, what, the, what the jobless rate is in our country. I'm going to tell you something. All, all these problems one day will be gone. Jesus is coming back. And he's going to set everything right. Have joy. Put your hope in Jesus, Christian. Now, by the way, rejoicing happens for the child of God. If you don't know Christ, you need to get in on the rejoicing. And you get, do that by making a choice to repent of your sin. Put your trust in Jesus. Uh, but if you're a Christian, you can have joy. Matter of fact, uh, the scripture says rejoice and re- we're full of joy. Rejoice overflowing uh, in everything you do. Rejoice. Uh, why? Because we have the presence of God with us. Now, it, it's not a fake acting, you know, like something happens, you know, your dog dies. Oh, praise Jesus. I'm so happy. No, it's not that. But what it is, it's that joy that comes in your heart through the presence of God within you. Uh, so that even when there's grief, even when there's sorrow, even when there's heartache in your life, there is this inner sense of joy because you're walking with God. And there's a joy because you're expecting of what's yet to come. There are times that, that I've driven, been driving along in the car, you know, and maybe thinking about some things, things have been difficult and and i'll just say lord it's going to be so wonderful one day when you come back there's no bad news there's no sin there's no sorrow there's no sickness there's no pain there's no death uh it's going to be so wonderful lord when you come when you when you go through those trials of life hold on to your hope we have uh peter says we have a living hope imperishable, unfading. We have a hope that is a living hope. Why? Because Jesus is the first fruits. We talked about that last week, didn't we? Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. You see, Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. And that's what every child of God who's put their trust in Jesus will one day do. Glorified body, perfect place to live. That's our hope. Rejoice! Get excited. Your sin's forgiven. God walks with you through your trouble. God has given you a hope beyond your trouble. Rejoice. Rejoice. Prepare for his coming through rejoicing. Living that joyful life. Because any joy that we experience now is just a taste of the joy that's yet to come. He commanded them, celebrate this feast with joy. Celebrate this feast with joy. And then uh, the prophet says, when Jesus comes back, all the nations of the earth will be gathered to Israel to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. Why? Because they're recognizing the time of joy has come. It's here. It's here. Some some of these uh, kids around here, you know, they're counting the days till Christmas, right? I mean, they mark off each day. If I'm a kid, you know, check the box, you came in here, you know. Uh, uh, what, what has mom, dad got me? Check all the hiding places, right? Uh, yeah, they're excited. They can't wait. It, and then finally, Christmas Day has come. You know, when my kids were little. Now they sleep in a little bit more. But when they were little, they would get up at the crack of dawn on Christmas. I mean, they were so excited. Come, mom and dad, wake up, wake up. You know, we're, we're trying to they have to perform a resurrection just to get us out of bed, you know. And, uh, and we're, we stumble in there, you know, and they're so excited. It's here. Christmas is here. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. That's, it's going to be even better when Jesus comes. It's here. 
And for all eternity, it will never stop. Rejoice. Jesus is coming. How do you prepare for his coming? Repent. Trust Jesus and rejoice. Jesus is coming. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the fact that we have hope. Thank you that our Savior, Jesus, died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Was buried, raised three days later, and ascended to heaven and is coming again. Uh, Father, I praise you for that fact. I praise you for our hope. And Father, I pray that you'd help us respond to you today with repentance, trust, and rejoicing. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord this morning. Maybe God has touched your heart and you don't know Christ. Uh, there is a, a, a season of time that God has given you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. God has given you His own precious Son to pay the price for your sin. Don't neglect it. Don't put it off. Don't say, I could do it tomorrow. Choose to put your trust in Jesus. Choose to repent of your sin today. Repentance is important. There's a lot of people in this world say, live whatever way you want. But Jesus says, the, re the way is narrow. You must choose to follow me. Repent. Trust in Jesus. I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Christ today, I'll be standing here at the front. You just come forward. I want to lead you in a prayer. But you can repeat after me. Uh, we'll do it quietly. Well, I won't make you do it in front of the congregation. But we, we just want to give you an opportunity to settle things with Christ. You know, Jesus called people publicly. You need to respond to Jesus today. Uh, maybe you're here and you're a child of God and you have been walking around with a grumbling, uh, sour disposition and God is saying, listen, I've called you to joy. I've called you to put your faith in me and to, to be expected, to be thankful for the things that you have uh, to rejoice in me. Maybe you just need to come to this altar this morning and say, Lord, uh, I'm tired of being grumbly and discontent. I want to, to be joyful in my Christian walk. Change my heart. Forgive my sin. Help me to put my trust in you on a daily basis so that I can walk in joy. You know what the Bible says? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you for he trusteth in you. The way to have joy is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Will you do that this morning? Child of God, you can.